Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plasticfree305. Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Fans, episode 188 of Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. What do we have for you this episode? I'm going to share with you my breakout players for the Rams this season. At least the guys I'm hoping break out, the guys that we really need to break out and step up and have really good seasons, start to establish themselves as regular contributors on this roster. So I'll go through a bunch of guys that I think fit that bill. Then I'm going to take a little spin around the NFL media circuit and see what other folks are saying about the Rams, the Rams and their draft, their prospects for this season, kind of taking the pulse of the so-called experts for better or worse. Next week, I'm going to have a special guest on board that's going to share his thoughts on the Rams draft, a guy that really watches the college football scene pretty closely and knows these players really well. He's going to share with us the picks he really liked and maybe a few not so much. So that'll be our Monday drop. Also coming up soon, next week, hopefully, if not Monday, the Thursday drop, I'm going to give you my Rams roster prediction, and I may even drop 
some power rankings on you too. Get through some Rams news real quick. Jacob Harris, the former fourth-round pick, Rams released him. He has signed with the Jags. The Rams have signed Ohio State defensive lineman Teron Vincent. He is the son of NFL executive Troy Vincent. And the Rams have already released three undrafted rookies they signed. Wide receiver Tyler Hudson, linebacker Matthew Jester, and defensive back Jaden Woodby. Good thing I waited on my roster predictions because two of those guys I had making the Rams practice squad must be really disappointing for these guys to get released already. And NFL news. NFL teams will cut down this year from 90 to 53 all in one fell swoop on August 29th. That means over 1,100 players will become free agents overnight just two weeks before the season starts. That's going to be really interesting to watch, see how that unfolds. I think this is tied to the fact that they only have three preseason games. They want to keep more guys in camp longer to get a better look at them as best they can. But how messy is that going to be when 1,100 players flood the available player pool and teams like the Rams are trying to maybe improve at one or two spots? Man, they're going to have a lot of work to do overnight trying to figure that out. Every team is. Well, the NFL draft is in our rearview mirror now. We've had time to let things ferment. Perfect time for another segment of who's pumped, who's pissed, who's perplexed. Let's take a look at the fan bases across this league and try to take their pulse. How are some of these fan bases feeling about their teams? Let's start with who's pumped. A real simple one. I think Steeler fans are pumped for one reason and one reason only. They snag Darnell Washington, the giant tight end in the third round. And I don't mean New York giant. I mean physically giant. This guy is going to make his mark in the league. And the Steelers benefited from the fact that this was just a draft that was loaded with tight ends. Darnell Washington, some had him going in the first round. Some had him going early in the second. The Steelers get him in the third round, and I can almost guarantee you he is going to be an impact player right away. This guy will help the running game, and he's going to be a giant target in the passing game. I think Seahawks fans are once again pumped after yet another solid draft. They got the great cornerback, Devin Witherspoon, the Ohio State wide receiver, the UCLA running back, Zach Charbonnet. Now, on Charbonnet, I love him as a player, and I think he's a good fit for Seattle, but I don't really get the timing. They have Kenneth Walker as their starting running back there. Rashad Penny has moved on, so Charbonnet slides in to pick up the slack in that regard, but didn't really make a lot of sense to me, especially considering the Seahawks are really vulnerable against the run. Don't really need to improve their own running game at this point. But still, I think Seahawks fans are pretty pumped. I think Bengal fans should be pretty pumped about their draft. They got Miles Murphy, DJ Turner, and Charles Jones. Murphy, an incredible athlete off the edge. DJ Turner, one of the fastest guys in the draft. And Charlie Jones, he'll remind you a little bit of Cooper Cup, I think. He's going to make his mark in the league as well. And, you know, we'll see him week three. We'll see all of these guys week three. And Miami. Miami fans are pumped. They went into this draft. They only had four picks. 
but they come away with Devin A-Chain. DJ Turner, one of the fastest guys in the draft. Devin A-Chain right there with him. Pairing him up with Tyreek Hill. That's a scary combination. Dolphin fans are pumped. And check this out. The Arizona Cardinals fan base has to be pumped. The Cardinals this year are going to struggle. I see a lot of people predicting they will end up with the first pick in the draft. And if they do, well, they also own Houston's first round pick. So you know what that means. You know what I'm getting at here. They could possibly end up with the first and second pick in the draft. And I can tell you who they're going to draft if that happens. They're drafting USC quarterback Caleb Williams. And they're drafting the wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. That's a scary combination. And the NFC West will be reeling if that happens. Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison on the same team in our division Cardinal fans are pumped, Ram fans not so much, or 49er fans or Seahawks fans. I guess we just have to pull for Houston to win a handful of games and not end up with that first or second pick. Who's pissed? You know, the Detroit Lions fan base has to be pissed. And it's a triple whammy for Lions fans. First, Jamison Williams, their great wide receiver, suspended for the first six games of the year for gambling. And second, I think they really squandered an opportunity this year in the draft. Drafted some good players, just wasn't thrilled with the positions they drafted. Lions may be spinning their wheels this year. They're still going to be a good team, but if I'm a Lions fan, I'm a little disappointed, a little pissed about what they came away with in this draft. And the third thing I'd be pissed about It's just a little thing, but it would still piss me off. Last year, the Lions had no primetime games. Zero. Nada. None. This year, they get one right off the bat Thursday night at Kansas City. I don't know. I'd be a little pissed. You know, hey, thanks a lot. You finally give us a primetime game, and we go to Kansas City, the defending champions, in the opener without our great wide receiver, Jamison Williams. So I think Lions fans might be a little pissed. Thank you. Thank you. Not so much. (laughs) And as a Ram fan, I'm a little pissed off. I'm a little pissed off that they play four teams coming off their bye. Two of them back to back. That should never happen in the NFL, but it happened to the Rams. I don't know. (laughs) There's probably a lot of fan bases that think their teams get screwed scheduling wise year in and year out. I think it happens to the Rams more than anybody else, but I don't have the data to back that up. Certainly don't like what they did to the Rams this year. Now, I already put the Cardinals in the pumped category, but I'm putting four teams in the pissed category for the same reason. Four teams that have no primetime games this year due to the new rule. No one's guaranteed a primetime game. The Colts, Cardinals, Texans, and Falcons get zero primetime games, and I'm dead set against this. I think every team should have somewhat equal footing when it comes to primetime games. I understand the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Rams when they're flying high are going to get a couple of extra ones. But some teams getting six primetime games and other teams getting zero. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's messed up. I think the NFL is screwing this up big time. I have two fan bases that are 
probably a little perplexed. One has to be a 49er fan base. They'll never admit it to you, but they have to be perplexed with a 49ers draft. Drafting a kicker, I don't know, third round seems crazy to me. Some teams will never draft a kicker, and here go the 49ers. I don't even know who their quarterback is at this point, but they're drafting a kicker in the third round. And I think the Packer fan base has to be a little perplexed. What's happening to their team? No more Aaron Rodgers. This skill position group, I don't know. It's not what we're used to seeing. Aaron Jones, solid running back. Christian Watson, an up-and-coming wide receiver. They drafted two rookie tight ends as well. That's a little perplexing. But the Packer fan base, they are so used to being relevant and the team that everybody's writing in as the NFC North champion. Not this year. It's going to be a new world for Packer fans, and they can't be happy. They have to be a little worried about where this season goes. Next up, I'm going to talk about what other folks are saying about the Rams at this point, and then we'll get into my breakout players for 2023. Hey, how about we take a look at what other folks are saying about the Rams, the various NFL writers and experts and draft experts as well. What are they saying about the Rams draft, the Rams prospects for this season? Kind of all over the place. It's interesting. Let's start with Vegas. Right now, the Rams currently set at six and a half wins for the over-under total. I take the over on that. And the eighth Longest odds to win the Super Bowl, plus 6,600. If you're going to buy that, now would be a good time to do it. And it's actually not a bad wager. Big payoff. A long shot for sure, but hey, that's why it's a big payoff. What did Will Brinson of CBS Sports say about the Rams? He's a big Sean McVay fan. He predicted a 9-8 and season. That's about what I've said. Maybe one game better in my opinion. And his comment was, hey, it's a very weak NFC. Injuries won't stifle this team two years in a row. And he pointed out that they had the second most adjusted games lost last year. Only the Broncos had a worse number in that regard. If the Rams stay healthy, they could really turn it around. That's Brinson's thinking. Of course, he didn't really get into all of the quality players they lost as well. Still, Brinson sounds like he's buying the Rams right now. Eric Williams of Fox Sports predicts a 7-10 season. ESPN ranking them at number 25 right now. I don't really have a big issue with that. I understand. And the ESPN writer, he focused on what happened to the Rams last year in this regard, how unprepared they were to play without Matthew Stafford. And that's spot on. That backup quarterback situation was just horrible. Brady Quinn and Pete Prisco, also of CBS Sports. Pete gave them a solid B on their draft. Brady didn't like the Stetson pick. Talk about that a little bit later because that's a recurring theme here. On YouTube, G-Slang, I don't know who he is, but he's got a pretty cool channel. He loved the Zach Evans pick, A++. Mel Kuyper gave the Rams a B for their draft. I reviewed Bengals' YouTube channel. Now, if you don't know who he is, got a pretty good setup there. 
If you have sleep apnea and struggle with CPAP, consider that CPAPs were invented in 1980. Do you even remember 1980? Everyone's house had one telephone. There were like four TV channels. Now for people who struggle with CPAP, there's Inspire. Inspire treats sleep apnea inside your body at the click of a remote. No mask, no hose, just sleep. To learn more, visit inspiresleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Knows a lot about college football players. He had Daniel Jeremiah on as a guest, reviewing each team's draft, focusing on the best pick for each team. What did Bengals say about the Rams? Hey, Zach Evans' name popping up once again. Getting Evans at number 215, Bengal loved it. He also mentioned Nick Hampton, too, so it's clear he likes him. But back to Evans, Bengal just feels the big upside makes this a great value pick. Hey, call it a flyer, call it whatever you want. Bengal loves the Zach Evans pick. Now, Daniel Jeremiah, he got hung up on the fact that the Rams had 14 picks, and he said because of that, he couldn't go with just one guy. He mentioned Davis Allen mentioned that he had a disappointing senior bowl, but he's a red zone guy. Don't be surprised if he has four TDs or more in his rookie season. And he also loved the Pukunukoa pick. According to Jeremiah, if he stays healthy, watch out. He can play all three spots. Sean McVay is going to love this guy. And Jeremiah, interestingly, also mentioned Nick Hampton in passing. So bottom line is, I think... Bengal and Daniel Jeremiah both really liked the Rams draft. A footnote on that, when Bengal got to the 49ers, he he really struggled trying to find a pick he liked. Brett Coleman of NFL.com, he had a video basically saying that the Rams had a phenomenal draft, just loved it. And he said he could have picked any number of guys as the best value pick. Just an insanely good draft according to Coleman. His favorite pick, though, was Mr. Irrelevant, Deshaun Johnson. Hey, you know what? I've heard his name pronounced three different ways now. Is it Deshaun? Is it Deshaun? Is it Deshaun? Regardless, Coleman loves this guy, pointing out that Johnson can play anywhere along the defensive line. Toledo used him as a nose tackle, a three technique, even on the edge. I originally thought that Johnson was destined for the practice squad, borderline making the roster, but I'm rethinking that he may be one of the last guys to actually make this roster because it's going to be really competitive because it's suddenly going to be really competitive across that defensive front. And hey, Mike Florio, what did Mike Florio have to say about the Rams? Hey, do I really need to tell you? (laughs) Hey, Florio, man, I swear Sean McVay must have given him a wedgie. Florio saying the Rams are the most interesting bad football team because Sean McVay is probably going to retire after this season. This will be Aaron Donald's last year. The Chargers are taking over LA is basically what he's suggesting. The Rams are a bad football team, and he thinks it's going to be a fun train wreck to watch. Any surprise this is coming from Mike Florio? And what does AI say about the Rams? Well, they kind of copped out. This is a quote I received. As an AI language model, I don't have access to real-time information or the ability to predict future events, including sports outcomes. 
So no answer from AI. It's not quite ready to take over that part of our lives. So obviously the Rams draft pick that's getting the most criticism, it's got to be Stetson Bennett. A lot of folks thinking the Rams jumped on him too early, but these guys probably didn't see what we saw at least firsthand with the Rams' backup quarterbacks last season, Bryce Perkins and John Wolford, talk about a train wreck, and how the Rams, as ESPN said in their power rankings, were unprepared to play a handful of games without Stafford. But let's look at how this draft unfolded. Five quarterbacks went in the first 68 picks. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Richardson, Levis, Hendon Hooker, and then Jake Hayner, a guy the Rams might have liked, went number 127 overall right before the Rams picked Bennett. After Bennett, Aiden O'Connell went later in the fourth. Clayton Toon, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Sean Clifford, and Jaron Hall all went after Bennett as well. The Rams' next pick after the Bennett pick was number 161 when Jaron Hall would have been the highest-picked quarterback still available. And the Rams did interview him, but that's a big risk. If you really want a quarterback and Bennett's your guy, they probably had to pick him then, right? But then who did the Rams pass on by picking Bennett? They passed on a big defensive lineman, Tyler Lacey. They passed on the wide receivers, Charlie Jones and Tyler Scott. Linebacker Nick Herbig, safety Jay Ward, and a guy I really liked, defensive end K.J. Henry out of Clemson. The Rams, by the way, picked Nick Hampton at 161. So look at it this way. Hindsight's 2020, but this is how it could have broke out. The Rams could have had Jaron Hall and any one of those six guys I listed, Lacey Jones, Herbig, Scott, Ward, or Henry. If you're thinking a player similar to Nick Hampton, I guess it would have been Herbig or Henry. So do you want Hampton and Stetson? Or do you want Hall and Herbig or Hall and Henry? I'm actually okay with what the Rams did here. I really like Nick Hampton. And in retrospect, I think I might actually like Hampton more than Henry or Herbig. I guess what I'm saying is if these critics were as familiar with the Rams' backup quarterback play as we were last year, they'd probably feel better about the Stetson Bennett pick, unless they like Jaron Hall more. But the more I think about it, I'm kind of liking Stetson Bennett. And I certainly like the Nick Hampton pick. One of the things I've been wanting to do is take a hack at identifying who the Rams' breakout stars for 2023 will be. Well, maybe not so much breakout stars, but who is going to step up and let the league know that they have arrived, they are solid NFL players, and are going to contribute to this team on a regular basis. Now, I'm not talking about rookies. I'm talking about guys who have been on this team or other teams. I'm talking about guys who have been on this team but have not really stepped up yet, and maybe their time has come. I'm going to start with some players that I'm leaving off of this list, and I'll tell you why for each one of them. I'm not going to include Ernest Jones because I think he's already done that. I hear people talking about it. Hey, this is Ernest Jones' time. He's going to step up and rise as a star in this league. And that may be true, but I think he's already broken out in the sense that 
he is an established inside linebacker, a productive player, and a good player. Yeah, he could rise even above and beyond that, but I think he's just going to be a solid and productive inside linebacker, and I'm happy with that. Another player I'm not putting on this list is Kyren Williams. I think he's destined to be our number three running back, a change of pace guy, a guy that we bring in in very specific situations. They'll certainly have plays designed for Kyren Williams, but I don't think he's going to break out in any sense, unfortunately. If the Rams had a hint that he could be that guy, they would have used him a lot more late last year. So I suspect the Rams know what he is, and what he is is an okay running back that you keep around as your third string guy, use him in certain situations, or maybe late in the game when it's out of hand one way or another, that'll be Kyron Williams' spot. Two guys I'm also leaving off. I was tempted to include one or both of them, Hunter Long and Bryson Hopkins, the tight ends. And the problem is with these guys, still don't know if Tyler Higby's going to be around, and they got the rookie Davis Allen, the tight end out of Clemson. So, you know, I want to say one of them is going to step up, break out, and be a solid, productive player in the NFL, maybe even a star. But I don't know who. I don't know. Is it going to be the rookie or is it going to be one of these guys or is it still going to be Tyler Higbee time? So I left them both off. I think Bryson Hopkins has what it takes, but can't put him on this list. Another guy I'm leaving off is Tutu Atwell. I think he is going to contribute on a limited basis only, though. Moving into his third year. I don't think he's going to suddenly emerge as the Rams' number two or three wide receiver, unfortunately. I certainly wish he would. I wish the Rams had tried to gear him up even more last year. So the 2-2 Atwell breakout window may have already passed. He could still be a decent NFL player, but not putting him on this list. And the last guy I'm leaving off that's worth mentioning is Daniel Hardy. Don't know what's going on with him, but... You think maybe the Rams have plans for him, kind of a lot like Chris Garrett the year before, and then they go out and draft a bunch of edge rushers. So what does that tell you? I'm not putting Daniel Hardy on this list. Who am I putting on this list? Well, let's start with the offense, and I really only got one guy for you, and that's Logan Bruss. Don't know what we have with him yet, right? But he comes back healthy, another training camp underneath his belt, Maybe it's his time. Maybe he's going to break out and become a solid guard in this league. We can only hope. Now, I'm not predicting Logan Press is going to be a breakout star. I'm not even predicting he's going to have a breakout year and emerge as a solid offensive lineman. But I think the potential is there for that. Logan Press helping solidify this offensive line probably at the right guard position with Avila at left guard. That would be the ideal situation, right? Then take your pick, Coleman Shelton or Brian Allen at center. So much flexibility there. But if Logan Bruss emerges as a solid offensive lineman, a lot of other pieces start to fall together. Now on defense, there's a bunch of guys. I'm going to start with Lorel Murchison. 6'2", 297, a fifth-round pick out of North Carolina State in 2020 by the Titans. The Rams pick him up, and he plays three games late in the year, picks up two sacks, both against the Broncos, filling in basically for Aaron Donald 
and he looked really good. He flashed at times, and this could be his opportunity to emerge as a solid NFL defensive lineman. Titans may have given up on him way too early, and I think he's in the Rams' plans this year as a rotational guy along that defensive line. Who else? How about Kobe Durant, or has he already emerged? Has he already had his breakout? Pretty close. Maybe he takes it to another level and becomes a leader of this defense, at least the leader of the secondary. Played in 13 games last year, had 22 tackles, 15 solo, 7 assists. He had one sack and three interceptions. One of them returned for a TD. So he may be on his way already. And remember, he had 12 interceptions in college. So Kobe Durant, spotlight could be on him with Jalen Ramsey gone. Could be a great year for Kobe Durant. And you know who else I'm throwing into this group? Darion Kendrick, 6 feet 190, played in 15 games last year. He had 43 tackles, four passes defended. But what does that tell you? He's given up a lot of catches and he's committing some penalties. He had two pass interferences and one holding the one pass interference, a big one against the Bucks. Seems like he had more, I could swear. But according to the site that I found, that's it. Just those three penalties. But he may be a guy that the Rams were forced to use in a way that did not suit his strengths. He may be a guy that actually plays better inside. That's what Lance Erline said in his draft profile. He'll struggle if other teams can isolate their number one and two receivers against him. He'll be very vulnerable in those situations, and that's what happened. Maybe they move him inside. Of course, that's where their draft pick Tomlinson would probably play. Maybe they move Tomlinson outside, Kendrick inside, and this secondary is good to go. So maybe Kendrick has a shot at emerging as a decent player. Again, the Rams probably wanted to give him a redshirt season last year. But because of the injuries and everything that went down, they had to get him on the field. And remember, he started out his football career as a quarterback and a wide receiver. Doesn't have a ton of experience at cornerback, not as much as some of these other guys anyways. And on the safety side, what about Russ Yeast? Played in 15 games as a rookie. I think he's my favorite to be paired with Jordan Fuller as the starter back there. And Rams have done so well at drafting and developing safeties. He used to look really good last year. He brings it, brings the heat. Got himself in trouble a couple of times, but love the way he plays. And then, hey, maybe Quentin Lake as well. It's going to be one of these two guys, or maybe both of them. Lake got a slow start due to injuries, got in just 10 games. Both of these guys showed potential. You know, maybe I shouldn't include either of them using the same logic as the tight ends. Which one is it going to be? But I think both of these guys can contribute and have great seasons and emerge as solid NFL players. But the number one guy on this list, my number one candidate to break out and become a solid NFL player, maybe even a star, Bobby Brown, the six foot four, 321 pound defensive tackle. This is a guy that has red shirted and he better be ready to go. Greg Gaines is gone, 6'1", 313. A'shaun Robinson is gone, 6'4", 320. That leaves Bobby Brown, like I said, 6'4", 321, pack in the middle of that defense. I think Bobby Brown is going to step up and have a great year and emerge as a potential star of this defense. 
if the Rams have a good year, it's going to have to be because Bobby Brown got it done along that defensive line. It's not going to be Kobe Turner, not quite yet. It's going to be Bobby Brown, along with guys like Marquise Copeland, Jonah Williams, and Laurel Murchison playing alongside Aaron Donald. That is what I think we're going to see. Maybe later in the year, the rookie Kobe Turner will come around and start contributing. And maybe even to Shawn Johnson, Mr. Irrelevant. But Bobby Brown, spotlight on him. He is my candidate, my number one candidate, to emerge as a star of this Rams defense. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe. Buckeye Banzai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. What's your legacy? Miami-Dade residents produce six pounds of trash daily. Much of that is plastic and will remain in our environment long after we're gone. Be part of the solution. Eliminate single-use plastic. More at miamidade.gov slash plastic-free 305.